0: Today's episode is brought to you by Fulton, a modern brand of arch support. Fulton launched the most comfortable, supportive, and sustainable insole on the planet. Fulton believes wellness starts from the ground up and that the feet are the foundation of our bodies. Fulton insoles offer comfortable arch support to align your body from head to toe, mitigating pain, providing comfort, and improving posture. Fulton is creating a world where the shoes we wear are actually good for our bodies, providing you with a sturdier foundation for a healthier future. As someone who has never had uh, issues with my feet um, or really used orthotics or insoles, uh, to be honest with you, this company sounds legit as someone who is on my feet uh, you know, for work and then also for working out. I'm excited to see what they offer and now is a great opportunity to check that out as Fulton is offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase at walkfulton.com by using the code podcast10. That's code podcast10 for $10 off at walkfulton.com check out the website to see how fulton can support you you're just there to model that doesn't work and i'm just
1: like what how
0: okay okay Okay. Okay. and like she worked with diesel horse in the hood huh
1: you may fire when ready
0: the podcast that gives you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is Films in Black and White. Welcome to Films in Black and White, everybody. How you feeling? (laughs) We are happy everybody is with us uh, this week. Um, You may notice a significant lack of vibe and music and air horns because we're... You're, you're here. welcome to the uh, mouth horns pop uh, episode uh, because that's Marcus it. is a student and needs to do well on his finals so he can mm-hmm. graduate. So mm-hmm. he is diligently working on those finals. Uh, yes. I know if he were right now, he would say that they were ass and he is not happy about <laughs> them. Um, but that's where we're at. So he is. You get the Doug and Mar- uh, Doug and Brian show this week. Um, Doug and Brian so I'm going to invite Brian Rausch into this. Brian, how you feeling? Oh, shucks. You know what? I'm feeling good. Uh I'm happy to be here. Obviously, we
1: miss Marcus, but I'm really excited to talk about a lot of stuff. Yep. Like Marvel just came out swinging this week and just oh, said, We are the news did. cycle this week. That's just it. That's the way yeah. it's gonna be. And we all said, Okay, sounds good. Yeah, exactly exactly right. Like
0: we were we weren't expecting it, but no. we're glad we got it, basically. Yep. Pretty um much. Well, we have a, a a news episode to get to, and we are excited to break all this down with you. But Brian and I do have to play a friendly game of catch that quotable prior to us getting into our news this week. We do,
1: and before we do, Doug, how are you? I'm how are doing you quite
0: here? well, Brian. Okay, good. Um, as good. listeners may know, I am leaving my current position at USD and getting yes, ready are. for um, a new adventure. Um, but it is, uh, weird to close this adventure out every other place that I've left or every time I've made a job transition, I've left town, I've left the university. And so I just kind of like walked away. So this one, I feel like I have to be a little bit more like delicate like i can't just like kick the door open and be like see you suckers i'm out like i i have to be like does everybody have everything is there anything else (laughs) like i have to treat it almost like i'm a waiter leaving your table at applebee's like do you have enough water you got your food okay well i'm gonna leave and if you need anything just I'll be in town. Let me know. So
1: it's, I mean, they'll come to your door if they need anything. I mean, mean, they know you're
0: there. (laughs) (laughs) My boss lives like four hours (laughs) down the street from me. So she keeps (laughs) saying like, I know where you live. I'm like, yeah, yep. You do. You do know where I live. So, um, so yeah, it's weird, but it's, it'll be an interesting adventure for sure.
1: Well, it sounds like good energy. I'm I'm happy to hear that. Yeah.
0: Absolutely good energy. Well, Excellent. Brian, you, sir, because it is the two of us, I want to see you ride that wave oh, into Jesus. May. So, Brian, why don't you kick us off with catch that quotable? All right,
1: I will. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick us off. I'll start the quote here, uh, and we'll 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 play. Let's okay. go. So the quote is: marriage is an important part of getting ahead. Let's uh people know you're you know. You're a married guy. seem more stable. People see the ring. They think at least somebody can stand you. So I'll read that again. I stammered a little bit. So I'll say one more time. Marriage is an important part of getting ahead. Married guy seems more stable. People see the ring. They think at least somebody can stand him.
0: Okay, so right off the jump, this feels like a comedy. This feels like a like a dad giving his son some advice (laughs) or a friend giving some friend of his advice. I'm trying to think about like movies that have marriage and there are two that come to mind. All right. So Brian, before I'm going to try and narrow it down. Okay. So Brian, I'm going to slam that hit button. What do you have for a hint? The hint is going to be Nicholson. (laughs) Nicholson.
1: Yep. Yep, I'm gonna Listen. I'm gonna just throw that breadcrumb right out at you. Okay, um, Brian, is this as good as it gets? It is not, but I totally understand why you went oh, there. Yeah. I should have led you a different way. No, this you're is, fine. This is the Departed.
0: oh my god really
1: baldwin (laughs) is talking to matt damon and matt damon is saying yeah i'm gonna get married and alec baldwin is just like good like good because then everybody knows you're an okay guy um so yes departed wow Um, one of my favorite one of my favorite movies that is
0: such a good movie and i feel so duped by your hint like i feel (laughs) betrayed i feel betrayed (laughs) by your hint
1: Well, I was like, well, if I give him like the actor who's yep. in this particular scene, like maybe or if you gave get me there. the city, or if you I gave mean, me, I, I thought about the city, I, I really did, but I was like, man, because then he, I don't know, I yep. would go to the town if
0: I were you. Like, yeah. I don't think of the Ben Affleck one, yeah. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, good work, Brian. I'm impressed. Oh, that was that was a good deep dive. That was. Oh, shucks. I haven't seen that in a while, but that is a honestly, it's movie. a good rewatch. It holds up, and Mark Wahlberg.
1: It's like the only role I've really enjoyed Mark Wahlberg in because I feel like he's just being himself. Like he's just oh. being a jerk to everybody, and I'm like, I think Absolutely. that's you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's
0: there are very few parts of that movie that I don't like. And I also the thing I really appreciate about that movie is the first time I saw it when it was like in theaters. Yeah. I remember generally trying to be like they had me because there's a little bit of like a mystery or sort of like a mm-hmm. what's who's it like, you know, like who's it going to yeah. be type thing. And I yeah. they had me all the way up into the end. So, oh, same um, Scorsese did it again. Oh, so, yeah, for real. Um. All right. All right. Well, Derek. great. Ready. Great time. You ready? OK, I'm re- I'm, I'm pumped. All right. Here we go. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Listen, I've been fatally poisoned. There's probably a psychopath heading over there to torture and kill you as we speak, but don't bother getting out of bed. I'll be there in a flash. Maybe you could fry me up a waffle or something. Okay. Long quote. We'll go again. What? Well, I'm glad to hear that. Listen, I've been fatally poisoned. There's probably a psychopath heading over there to torture and kill you as we speak, but don't bother getting out of bed. I'll be there in a flash. Maybe you could fry me up a waffle or something, okay?
1: Oh boy. I like I don't know why, but Mel Brooks, like this feels like Mel Brooks humor. I okay. doubt it is a Mel Brooks film. Uh okay. like clue comes to mind with like just how cheeky it is, but it's For not. Sure. Clue. Um, I don't think it's murder by death, which is a riff on like all of the mystery yep. novels yep. and movies. I love that. Uh, I love his riffs. Geez. Oh my gosh. Okay, I, I'm i just give me that hint. I don't think I'm gonna do this. Okay,
0: Brian. The hint is cocaine. Oh, yep, <laughs> yep. There you go. That's what you get. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, is this traffic? T- Brian, this is not traffic. Ugh, what is this it? This is the 2006 action movie Crank, starring Jason Statham.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's yeah. That all fits now.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Se- I have seen that movie once. I yep did not pay attention to the end. Mm, um, nope. And uh, wow, you need to know is they made a second one, so that's like
0: all you need to know. They made Crank, too, so that's all you need to know. (laughs) Yeah, for those of you not familiar with Crank, Crank is the story of Jason Statham, who's actually, I mean, really, Jason Statham is Chev Chelios. Chev Chelios gets I don't know how, but he gets poisoned, and his heart rate cannot drop below a certain number. Or he literally explodes. So he spends the whole movie like taking amphetamine and like snorting coke and getting into fights and jumping off of buildings. It's literally just excuses to put him in ridiculous action sequences. Um, And to be honest with you, it's entertaining. It's entertaining as hell. It is. It's
1: just bizarre. Uh,
0: There is a romance scene as
1: well that is very uncomfortable. Um, yep. that is I filled also in such say a way that, that was the
0: most PC quote out of all of the <laughs> listing on IMDb that I could feel uh empowered to say without getting in trouble. <laughs> so that uh that was probably the best quote I could have come up with because he uh he goes there. I mean, it's just like our it's like
1: what if we made a really gruesome r-rated speed but it's not a bus it's a person and who is the guy in the transporter all right that guy and then they just went for it and honestly um you know they made what they wanted to make
0: like they did did. a risk yeah i'm here for it (laughs) yeah i'm here for it 100 percent um well we both got the goose egg i'm sure yep that's okay i'm sure if marcus were here he would have some quote that we also would have gotten so let's just assume unless it's something
1: related to them, apparently but yeah, yeah I, agree. <laughs> I agree
0: yep that's very accurate <laughs> well brian this is a news episode and so it we is. have some news to get into and why don't you start us off with your first piece of news so my first piece of news is uh
1: the main headline here is that michelle rodriguez fought for the big changes to letty's character in the first Fast and Furious movie. If you're not familiar with this franchise or the first movie, cuz that's where we're getting to. In the first movie, Michelle Rodriguez plays Letty who is this very tough, mm-hmm. like intelligent, very capable woman who is like co like heist leader essentially yeah, of basically. the Fast and Furious gang. And there is a new oral history that was published by Entertainment Weekly. And in there, they basically talk about how Michelle Rodriguez looked at the script. She said, No, I'm not doing this. We need to change this character and reportedly her her and Vin Diesel worked with co-writer David Ayer which I did not know he was a co-writer I also did not
0: know he was a co-writer for that right just learning all kinds of trivia
1: yep and they rewrote the character in the script and we got the character that we get today now say what you will about the Fast and Furious movies here
0: I mean I haven't seen past the third one so (laughs) I I mean I can I can participate in this discussion because I have seen one but anything after for Tokyo Drift and I oh just I lose sight of everything. Well full full disclosure to our listeners I've seen
1: all of them and <laughs> that is not something I'm shameful of I'm very proud of this fact I would be because too that's fast eight, eight movies should at this point in time not, I mean it should not have like lived this long like it, I mean it's just yeah. wild that it has this much like legs but essentially uh, as a longtime fan of the franchise I can't imagine this character being like sure. any different or timid or like not just huh. gra- like just going for it and doing right. the smash and and trying to be intelligent about heists like i just that's very hard for me to picture so i think it's great that michelle rodriguez advocated for this we and she is she identifies as latina in hollywood which is a mainly white person uh driven institution so i think this is pretty remarkable and i think this is really cool and that was the piece of news that i wanted to share
0: for sure brian did they give any indication on Did they give any indication on like how they rewrote it? Because I mean, you're right. She's a very strong voice. She's a very strong female character. Did they give any indication of like how they wrote it or was it written for somebody else? Maybe because I don't understand how you like cast Michelle Rodriguez and then be like, oh, no, no. Like you're just you're just kind of there and you're a little bit more quiet. Like that just seems like such a waste of a talent. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so there's two things here. I'm going to do the serious one first, and then okay. I'm going to clown around on the second. So the okay. first is that Michelle Rodriguez apparently left the franchise. So for those that are longtime fans, she is not in a good number of movies, one of them being Tokyo Drift, which was kind of a spin-off sort of, not really. Um, and then she was gone for a good amount of movies and only sure. came back recently yeah.
0: because
1: she did not like the way they were pushing Letty's character. And they okay. were trying to push her... If you look at the movies, it just kind of feels like domesticated and just like trying to take care of Vin Diesel's character rather than like planning heists, you know, and it's like what we talk a lot about, uh, you know, like (laughs) the woman is, you know, there is more to a woman in a movie than just being a a love interest like they can be believe it or not you know right and that was what she had main problems with so she left because of that pressure okay. and now i guess those issues are resolved because she's back in finine f- fine fast fast nine f- nine fin yeah fine and uh so that's nine. the first one the second one i'm gonna clown around about is that there is this really weird quote from okay. michelle rodriguez is basically saying I'm going to paraphrase it here. Please go check out the oral history from Entertainment sure. Weekly. But essentially she says it was the reality check for the writers because that's not how it is on the streets. And I was like, oh, okay. Sorry, what? Because <laughs> there's a hierarchy. And I was like, oh, bo- okay. Oh, sorry, And what? she goes on to talk about like, people know if you're not there and if you're not serious and if you're like, You're just there to model. That doesn't work, and I'm just like, what? How?
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And like, she worked with Diesel. Horse in the hood, huh? I I, well, that was the thing. (laughs) I was just like, this. I don't know. Like, obviously, there's a disconnect between Hollywood and reality a lot of the times, right? But to hear Michelle Rodriguez be like, "That's not how it is on the streets," I was like, oh, oh, okay. Like, this detail is fascinating to so me and how, so how is
0: it on the streets
1: hot like i guess i wanted more of that it was a surprise to me and maybe that's yeah. like a you know like a spot that i don't know in my knowledge um and i also think as i'm done clowning around here of how michelle rodriguez is saying this oh she also is saying quote i had to school them so obviously there was a lot okay. going on here um, but I think it's worth saying that that Vin Diesel also had qualms with this sp- script, and he helped Michelle Rodriguez get these changes through. Um, okay. At right. least that is how the like oral history states it. So I, I think that's important to note. Yeah. Like when you're wanting to advocate for change, it's it's good to have people like that and change that script. However, whatever that may be. So that's have, that
0: is what I wanted to share. I have a follow up question. Mm, does that mean? that fast and furious is more representative of what life on the street um, like because I, I have some concerns
1: so okay <laughs> if we're gonna take a tangent real quick there That's is fine. A, there is a very distinct reason these movies make bonkers money Yes, and it, it's not because i think it's like a representation it's Not the of plot the and it's not the dialogue street. i don't think it's that <laughs> at all um I think it's actually something re- like I, I think it's something else in this yeah. kind of orbit of just like Michelle Rodriguez coming from a different background of being like nobody would talk like this or yeah, this person that you are writing wouldn't exist in the experiences that I've had yeah. and I think in a weird way Fast and Furious has done such a good job of casting and getting a cast that mm-hmm. is not just w- one white people but people right. from various backgrounds and like having various not even like skill sets but just from different industries like yeah. ludicrous doesn't really rap anymore but no. he's there gal gadot was a model before she yep. like, was in a fast and furious movie so like pulling all these people from different parts Did the woman of, who like, played
0: cara dune wasn't she in one of them too Yes, Gina Carano, Gina was, Carano in. was in one oh, shoot she was kind
1: in. of spoiler. Sorry. So, um she okay, yeah, Gina Carano was in one. Um yeah. and like just pulling in, like yeah. it just has such a wide appeal. Because it's appealing to all of these quadrants, whether you're a dude, a lady, That's whether true. you know Ludacris's That's music fair. or not,
0: That's whether fair. you know,
1: like, I think Gina Carano did a little bit of MMA and she did the yeah, gladiators. She was like,
0: I feel like I remember that she was distinctly an MMA fighter and then her yeah. big launch. And so just, into... I,
1: well, and then Jason Statham, like yeah. you're bringing in a whole I mean, other portion a whole... of audience that knows him from, so it's just like, he's just have such wide appeal.
0: Yeah. I mean, you don't make spinoffs of like Hobbs and Shaw that get their own like <laughs> oh. entire storyline right. without there being some staying power to this particular topic, whatever it may be. I mean, yeah, these movies are entertaining for a reason. And oh, each yeah. person I mean, and I think it's I I should really sit down and watch. I mean, them again. Yeah, I mean, because nine comes out in nine, not for nine comes out in like june so i feel like i have if i watch one a week between now and end of june (laughs) i should be able to make it um but uh, here's my other question and we're staying and then we can move on to a a different topic i have heard rumors that there is a different order to watch them in than the order in which they are released and i want to know brian because you (sighs) are the films in black and white fast and furious expert is there an order you should be watching them in
1: so here's okay it like you know it's good when I have to be like stick with me here yeah uh so essentially the, I feel like I'm also getting into like Star Wars thing here. no, like, you okay, here's how you watch the movies um but essentially what ended up happening was Tokyo drift is yes. your is your culprit here of why uh-huh. we even have to. Have watch this conversation. Yep. Cause if you because basically it's the release order versus chronological order of what yep. happens. Um, and basically what happens is that Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift yep. takes place after Fast and Furious six. So essentially <laughs> the reason that there's even okay. a watch order is because they have to retcon <laughs> okay. somebody's death. Spoilers for Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, um, his name is Han. Yep. he he dies. Uh, well, <laughs> there is he a dies, but he's death. also
0: in the trailer for nine
1: yeah like i said let's just let's just leave it
0: let's the fast and furious movie this isn't scorsese so just everybody stick We're, with us right
1: so <laughs> i mean essentially so basically that's why they had to do this was because they really liked his character okay they really liked han as a character so they wanted to keep putting him in these movies like totally cool right we've Makes seen sense. that a ton of times but now you have this issue where it's like okay it's Fast and Furious 1, 2. Then they named one of them Fast and Furious. Didn't give it a number. That's the fourth one released. Oh. Then you have Fast 5, Fast and Furious 6. Then you watch Tokyo Drift, if you're watching it in chronological order. Then Furious 7. Then Fate of the Furious, which is 8. Fate 8. <laughs> and then you watch Hobbs and Shaw, which is a spin-off, but technically after. Still um. in
0: the... Fast and Furious
1: universe yeah and we won't know until Fast universe. 9 but like apparently that might Hobbs and Shaw might happen after f 9 oh, so Jesus it's Christ. very confusing but the whole reason we're talking about this Doug is because a character death happened and they liked the <laughs> actor that played him and they wanted to keep putting him in movies that's it
0: okay okay that's it all right okay so <laughs> films and black and white listeners I will be doing a Doug Wagner dives into Fast and Furious starting from Fast and Furious oh, all man. the way to F8 And I'm going to try very hard to hop on (laughs) and do a bonus episode after every one, just 10 minutes, what I thought, what happened, recapping. So just stick with us. I'm promising that now because that's my accountability for actually sitting down and watching them.
1: I mean, I think we we should also talk about this, uh, the three of us, because I think yep. I, I feel like you need you need an anchor like I okay, feel like that's you fair. need a hand. And I don't know how many Marcus has watched. I have watched all of them because my wife loves them. Yeah. It's like
0: Jurassic Park to her. It's like Jurassic Park, but cars. She was um, incredulous <laughs> when she heard that I had not seen them after Tokyo Drift. <laughs> yes. When you said was. That there was Fast and Furious, like no the and I was like. That's four. That's the clear indicator that I was like, really? And then it just went off from after that. So,
1: Well, honestly, people love to like give Star Wars a hard time for numbers, right? But then it's like you have Fast and
0: Furious. You didn't even number one of your movies. Jerks. (laughs) Like (laughs) randomly put some place that's you put Tokyo Drift in the middle of it. (laughs) Then turns out, surprise, you didn't even need to watch that shit until later. I mean, it's the equivalent of like Star Wars Episode
1: 4, Star Wars Episode 5. Star Wars, okay. Star Wars episode seven, like it's just it, like it doesn't make any sense. It's fine. It's a movie, yeah. It's a franchise about cars going fast and going. And true. That's like, very
0: true. That's very very. You true. know,
1: um, but yeah, we should definitely figure something. out. Yeah, we should chat we'll about that. that but I would like
0: to do that. That would be fun. Maybe even if since there's eight of them, you do them in batches of, like two. Yeah, you know. What yeah, I mean? that'd be a ton of fun. And you know who we should get to do uh, nine with us? Who's that? We should get Tim Bingham to do nine with us because he loves those movies so oh my gosh anyway we have spent an obscene amount of time time on fast and furious furious. so um i am going to take a hard right and talk about the golden globes um so anybody who watched this year's golden globes uh can admit that there was some representation issues across the board Mm -hmm. um Uh, the Hollywood foreign press association is a small group of generalists who typically award these particular that give out the golden globes. Um, and it was kind of in an organizational crisis, um, because there's a lot of a list talent that didn't feel like that they were getting the representation, um, And so currently the Hollywood Foreign Pro Association has 90 members and said on Monday, I think it was released today, that uh, they want to add 20 members specifically focusing on recruiting black members and people of color. Um, Membership, uh, they want to increase it by 50% over the next 18 months. Um, And so realistically, they are actively putting pen to paper to try to solve some of their issues as it relates to – diversity inclusion and just representation, um, from Hollywood and in the awards process. Mm -hmm. Um, The board wrote in a letter announcing the changes, um, quote, These past few months have been difficult for us all, and we appreciate your understanding and patience through this transformative period in our industry. For the past 60 days, we have worked hard to come up with a plan of action, calling ideas from the members as well as outside entities to present a cohesive and comprehensive proposal. We have engaged in a much-needed deep introspection with the help and guidance of our outside advisors, experts in uh, diversity and inclusion, and our media partners. Together, we have created a roadmap for transformational change Within our organization, um, if they so, this is huge, this is really, really cool. They apparently got a lot of public relations firms and others yeah. to take a look at their policies. Um, and NBC was part of the reason why this had all happened because essentially NBC said that it's not representative of their organization, so they threatened to not even air the Golden Globes on NBC oh, anymore. I didn't know that, um, and basically. Um, NBC Universal said, like, if this organization is going to remain on NBC, they're going to have to adopt this quickly. Um, And so... Yeah. And I mean, and there's also some other issues like um, Philip Burke was a former eight term Hollywood foreign press president. Um, okay. and he sent an email member email to members saying that the Black Lives Matter organization was a racist hate movement. Um, oh. He'd also been accused of sexually assaulting nope. the actor Brendan Fraser, um, but was allowed to remain a member after the incident what? determined was a joke. Yeah, man, That's this is awful. like just top to bottom. This organization is a shit show. <laughs> like they are a hot mess so this like hey um yeah we gotta fix this everybody um and so I got that article from Variety and I encourage all of our listeners go read the article because it is like I said it is absolutely nuts um I mean those I mean and the other thing is is that even with those past scandals the, it's this lack of representation and diversity that has been the biggest issue um because other oh. awards bodies have become such a huge I, I mean, you know, you can write off the Academy because the Academy is relatively like nameless and faceless to a certain extent oh. um while the Hollywood foreign press is journalists. So the I mean, fact that they are so like tone deaf about what's going on across the nation and the representation in Hollywood, I mean, is pretty staggering. So, yeah they're gonna try and figure this stuff out but there you have it golden globes trying to fix their, (laughs) trying to fix their shit well and they got a long way to go here because so Mm -hmm. the la times did a report uh
1: and i think you referenced it too but i didn't i i didn't know this that so it's only 87 members yep 90 i think is where they were at last time but yeah you're right okay okay Yeah, yeah perfect and Like and I always knew the Golden Globes were like diet Oscars even growing up it was like oh it's the Golden Globes tonight
0: and I was like like, okay like these are like the world Screen Actors Guild (laughs) like Screen Actors Guild this one than oscars it was kind of a sandwich like more important than the screen actors guild but definitely not as important as the oh my gosh
1: like like the one with the least prestige because it just it honestly just feels like a group of people who who have been anointed by this powerful organization Uh, none of them have to be critics or actors or nope anything they just get to just do whatever they want with no repercussion because it's their own organization so I hope. I, I mean, I didn't know anything about those things you mentioned. By the way, about the president, all of those things. I mean, their former,
0: yeah, was... former president had an issue with. Um, there was nice. that issue with uh, potentially sexually assaulting Brendan Fraser. I mean, um, and then there was a whole other, is awful, other yeah. issue with the movie Burlesque, which I think is insane as well. Um, <laughs> let me sorry. hold on. Let me let me pull the this. Christina. Up <laughs> yes. Thank
1: Vehicle Burlesque. Um, with share oh my god yeah
0: i mean yeah so <sighs>
1: Yeah, that's let me see if I can. OK, even I mean, before the
0: crisis, the uh, HFPA, I'm reading directly from the article at this point. Um, the Hollywood foreign press has been accused of a normal ethical lapses in the past. Um, in 2011, their former publicist, uh, Michael Russell, sued the organization, accusing the members of engaging in a payola scream. The uh, the group's frequently bizarre journalist output, as well as a penchant for recognizing the likes of burlesque. So the fact that burlesque got a golden globe after it was so wildly regarded as a terrible movie basically their former publicist was like there's no way that there wasn't a payout to the hollywood foreign press for getting that award which entirely waters down the authority of that board to begin with so yeah all of those things (laughs) top to bottom the well black lives (laughs) matter is an anti-hate as a hate group uh, oh, their former president that, being accused yeah. of sexually assaulting somebody. Um Get joke, joke or not, like you know what I mean? Like they did an investigation and found that those weren't credible accusations, but right either either way, not good, and then paying for awards basically. Um, I, yeah, man, they're a hot mess.
1: I mean, and I hope I mean I hope this brings positive change, right? I oh, want to be sure. optimist here that they're adding members, but I mean, even looking at this Los Angeles Times report, nobody Mm -hmm. in that group is a person of color. Like that is just, I don't know how you get to that point because that is not reflective of my world. Uh, So I don't know how you can Right. it exactly. So I hope this does make a difference. I feel like they would need to like drill down a little bit more to like the bedrock of what they're doing here. But I know there's a lot of money because... It's the only show I understand why it has staying power is because uh-huh. it's the only show that gets TV and movie people together. Yep. And I mean, not everybody loves a good news cycle where it's like, hey, this TV stars mingling with this movie. Yeah, for sure. You know, yep. and then it's like, you know, there's like, I don't know. You get enough
0: stuff yeah. out of that to make yeah, an article
1: sure. or tweet thread. I don't
0: know. I right. just, well, and it goes I back to this, like this helps we had this conversation last week when we were covering the Oscars, we had this conversation of like the authority of award shows to give out this type of recognition. And I mean, I don't see how this helps. You know what I mean? Like hearing this (laughs) and and finding all of this out is like, Oh shit. So nothing you did was above board. Like it was all like suspect. I mean, I appreciate they had some recognition of like outside groups, like bringing in people who are experts and other yeah. firms and things like that to do that. I mean, I wish it didn't take everyone being like, how come a person of color hasn't won an award in <laughs> like forever? Like, yeah. why has that not happened? Yeah. Um, And yeah. so I, I feel, I wish it didn't take that long to get there, but you know, change, change sometimes is a hard road. So I, I get it. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, and I, I also, I'll, I'll say this too. I, I've, I've done a lot of work
1: with, uh, Diversity and community organizers, and I feel like one of the things that I hear a lot that I feel like applying to this is that, yep. you know, you can have this institution that is that is clearly race um, that yep. they're not making decisions based on like they're just doing what they feel like, right? And when you tr- when you're trying to engage in that work. You have to get to the bedrock. You can't just be like, oh, we're gonna add some folks of color. That's what you want, right? Right, And everybody. This will fix right. And it's this, it's this horrible cycle that I've I've heard from people I've talked to where it's like, oh, I'm the only person of color in this environment, and I'm gonna try to enact these changes, but then I get burnt out because I'm the only person of color in this environment. Yeah. And then I leave um and again this is from an experience someone has shared with me and and this cycle of like why it can be really hard to show up in these white spaces so right i really hope that this does change but i do i am concerned that that cycle could happen
0: i mean it's not just the i mean it's not just the numbers on a board like it's not just the numbers at a board or at any in any organization to be honest with you like it's not just the numbers it's the systems in place to support the numbers and a lot of yeah. people think it's representation first then support second because we'll bring people here who <laughs> yeah, are from marginalized yeah. groups what whatever they may be race is right. not the only so from yeah, whatever they whatever right. they may be then they bring them into that organization and they go tell us how to fix it oh well, no we can't do that
1: <laughs> well oh, we'll try oh, you do want that. us to
0: do what right no, 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 no. <laughs> like you want us to wait. <laughs> you want us to do what? <laughs> like, yeah. So I think it's, it's, it can be really challenging. So I agree with you, Brian. I hope that this is, I hope this is the big announcement that they're trying to diversify um, yeah. and, and bring in some new representation. I simultaneously hope that they'll do some continued soul searching and that the conversation doesn't stop there.
1: Yeah. Totally. I do
0: appreciate though NBC universal hitting them in their wallet and essentially yeah. saying like, no, 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 no. Like you even want to have an award show on a public right. access station because it's on yep. NBC. Everybody gets an NBC station for free, yep. even if you don't have cable. Yep. You get kicked off of that. Suddenly your representation, your I like mean, your, yeah. your public relations piece of telling people who you are and why you're important. That goes right out the window. It doesn't totally. I mean there's no one can access you. So why exist? Totally. I agree. Yep. yep. Cool. That's my first piece. So there right. you have it.
1: All right. Uh, so I have a small Marvel snippet. We're going to be talking more Marvel uh, later sure, in the podcast, sure. but my small Marvel snippet is that, uh, in an interview with Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. Kevin Feig uh, was talking about how Doctor Strange was originally going to show up in the finale of WandaVision. Oh. So, he, yeah, right. So, he goes on to talk about how. Essentially, they had this plan for Doctor Strange to show up in the finale to help Wanda. Essentially, they didn't have a ton of details. The key detail, though, that is satisfying to me is that Doctor Strange was the reason for the commercials and the way that they aired and in the manner of which they aired. Yes. And so they even toyed with the idea of Doctor Strange essentially being in one of those commercials and getting benedict cumberbatch to get in one of the commercials to make it very clear to everybody oh uh, yeah so the okay. one thing i want to highlight though is that the creative team and kevin feig said you know m- we shouldn't do this this is going to take away from wanda and that okay. was one of the main drivers of dr strange not appearing in one wanda- WandaVision. And they had to rewrite a significant portion of multiverse of madness, which I think is a clue of how interesting these two characters are going to be moving forward. Sure. And that was the piece of news that I, that I wanted to bring. And I thought that was, I I just, I think that's fascinating. And I love that they wanted to make sure Wanda had, her moment and that it wasn't overshadowed by this guy just showing up being like,
0: Wanda, I'm going to tell you everything that's happening. That does. Yeah. You know, I mean, that does help that. I mean, that's a nice (laughs) relief to have. That tells me more. That tells me a little bit more or I'm going to make some inferences from that that are not just particular pertaining to WandaVision. The first is I, I, I I'm really glad they didn't include it. Like, I'm really glad that they didn't just jam him in there. Cause Whoa. the other thing I think I appreciated about the thing I appreciated about WandaVision was those yeah. commercials being vague. Cause I mean, oh, do you my know, gosh, I mean, it's yes. just the Twitter buzz alone of like, well, they showed that commercial like with XYZ thing. So that's what this could be. I mean, that was, that was a really deep setup from the get go that I think is really clear and really fun to like look at. Um, and to consider looking back on it. The other thing is that tells me that maybe some of our problems with Falcon and the Winter Soldier were more the writing than necessarily the creative yep. direction. Because I agree, you know what I mean? Like, and we dove into that. So go back and listen to our bonus episode that dropped on Saturday to really hear the deep dive. But I mean, (laughs) the fact that they took so much time and consideration and they were willing to rewrite a movie based on what happened in one of their shows shows that WandaVision was the premier property that they wanted to lead with. I mean, and Falcon and the winter soldier was, this is really cool, but we're still figuring this out and there's going to be more to this. So yeah, yeah, that's that tells me a lot about just their creative direction with their TV shows.
1: Well, and I, I think the other thing here is that I, I'm i really happy to at least have it said and on record oh, that sure. someone is like, no, this is going to be really cruddy towards this woman right. character. I think it's also really important that I, even though the show is called WandaVision, Vision this the story is about wanda oh for sure and if you're looking at all of the mcu like captain marvel's the only other woman who is mm-hmm. like even headlined her own thing so i think it's i think it was a responsibility to make sure they got it right oh, and not sure. have this like all-powerful dude just show up and be like right. wanda, somebody called the Sorcerer this...
0: supreme literally like yeah. roll up and be like let me teach you how to be a magician
1: right like that would have <laughs> i would have i would have not liked that That would have been a
0: really unsatisfying ending.
1: I mean, even in our WandaVision recap, we weren't super satisfied with how some of the finale Mm -hmm. wrapped up some of the things just from a storytelling point. But I am satisfied with that show that it let Wanda stand on her own mistakes and all, even if If I wasn't super satisfied for them. (laughs) <laughs> well, that too. And I, I, you know, and on that note, in this, uh, in this Rolling Stone piece, she, so uh, there's going to be an oral history as well of WandaVision. <laughs> we okay. talked about it with Fast and the Fear, but there's going to yeah. be one for WandaVision. And uh, Elizabeth Olsen does push back on that critiques that we had that there was oh, no sure. punishment for her. It seems like she's teasing there's going to be something down the way of, you know, where she went Physically is a place that no one can find her and because she knows that she is going to be held accountable. I think she has a tremendous amount of guilt. So if I'm using my critical thinking analytical eye here, what it seems like is we may deal with some of this in multiverse of madness, or they didn't expect the reaction they got and they're saying, hey, she's dealing with this internally and we just
0: didn't show it, which either could be true, like, but it gives you like the corporate answer like <laughs> that vice president. We are dealing with this internally. That vice president has been fired. There's no reason to send investigators. We've got like- this
1: wanda conducted an
0: investigation on herself she found herself responsible
1: yeah and she is (laughs) taking actions to hold herself responsible she is no longer it's a
0: bad fraternity like no 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 no. david (laughs) fucked up at a party we kicked him out there's no reason anybody has to come in here and look at what happened all you need to know is he's not a member anymore like right (laughs) right (laughs) <laughs> I,
1: you know, and I was having a discussion with this with a few other Marvel fans, uh, with some folks that I know, uh, earlier this week. And they're like, you know what? If you were Wanda and you like, you, you were like, oh, I just totally held this whole town, like, of people like hostage. <laughs> You'd probably like want to just get out too. you're not you're not there like I should I should really do the work. No, you're scared. You want to get out. So I do get it from that point. But it is the East Coast. They don't necessarily
0: have a great track record with witches, you know, like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it's not like, what are these people going to do to me? Oh, I've read this before. I oh, gotta I get out of here. I gotta,
1: I gotta get out oh, of here. No. <laughs> yeah. Which I I
0: appreciate another perspective. It's made me yeah. reflect. Oh, no, that's nice. But... Yeah. That's, that's really cool though. And you're right, yeah. Brian. Like that is a, I would have been really pissed if he had just, right. There would have, I would have been excited. But if all that was, was a setup for to connecting the two of them, yes. I would have been mad about that. It's almost, I... it's almost similar to the, like we didn't get a whole lot of Sam's development just so he could put on the wings and call himself captain America at the end. Like that's the reason why I'm irritated with that. You know what I mean? Like that's the same. What we, what we saw in the most recent one is what we didn't see here and look how much more satisfied we were with that show. So I think that that's totally uh, the last point that I'll make absolutely um awesome that's a great little tidbit and we will dive more into marvel stuff here in a second before we do that i want to jump into some streaming numbers so i have uh i'm not replacing brian on the streaming numbers beat oh but this is a group effort and sometimes you need to take a break i am reporting i'm reporting live from seattle (laughs) to give you some of these amazon numbers (laughs) um so (laughs) I think for some of us, I don't know about you, Brian, but I think we oftentimes look at Amazon prime because it's a (laughs) shipping service. We oftentimes go like, okay, whatever with your streaming numbers, you literally give it to people. It's like being given like a coupon for 10% off. It's like, thanks for the bonus. I don't really need it, but it's nice to know when it's there. Um, Well, we're through the first quarter of 2021 and Amazon has indicated that they apparently knocked the, just hit a home run with their streaming numbers and that they have reported 175 million prime members have streamed TV shows and movies in the past year. So more than 175 million members have streamed TV shows or movies in the past year. Um, Jeff Bezos revealed that figure today saying that their number, their video streaming hours again cuz we're dealing with hours right their video ah. streaming hours are up more than 70% when compared to the last year <laughs> he okay. also noted that amazon studios received 12 oscar nominations um and now has a um 12 oscar nominations and two wins and called out the perform- the, the performance of the company's aws cloud division which has okay. a 54 billion annual sales run rate um Jeez. so basically Amazon's over here just, like, straight crushing it. I I Um, mean, yeah. They didn't really give a whole, like, details, and the article which I'm getting from Variety doesn't compare it to that of like hbo max it doesn't compare it to that of like hulu it does compare it to netflix netflix reported that as of the end of quarter one netflix reported 207 million subscribers so about give or take 32 more millions subscribers than what amazon is claiming the other thing to keep in mind is uh amazon inked a 10-year deal with nfl grabbing exclusive rights to thursday night football wow, 10 years yes yeah, so starting oh my in 2023 gosh. they will they will get the exclusive 10-year deal to uh thursday night football at the price tag of 1. 1.3 1.32 billion with a b dollars per year oh my um, gosh they also said that they spent $11 billion on TV series, movies, and music for their services last year, um, which was up 40% from 2019. So they put forth wow. the money um, wow. to figure this out. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is that they have 200 million Prime members. So 75%, what? if my math is cl- close, yeah. of their current Prime members streamed movies or TV shows in this first quarter. So these numbers are kind of like, n- like, n- like bonkers. Like they're just kind of all over the place. It, it's so hard to put your arms around this because yeah. I feel
1: like we, I, I'm not trying to be like, we live in a society, but we live in a world now where <laughs> okay, it, it's so hard not to just have, is that, are you going to cut that for the intro now for the song? We live. I in need a you to understand. I need
0: you to understand that. Yep. Oh my gosh. Um but we but, but I'm going to cut it out of the podcast Brian so like you're going to say it there <laughs> and I'm going to be like, "Oh shit, Brian says that we live in a society line and then you never say it in the actual." Podcast. Oh
1: my gosh. Oh no, I, yeah, I'll never say that again. <laughs> in any case, we just we have all these services that like piggyback off of one another. Yeah. I mean, Prime, it's like what you said, it's a shipping service and but it's also you can watch Daniel right. Tiger on it if you want yeah, I mean um, that's what I use it for yeah, same uh, also Daniel Tiger fantastic show for your kiddos uh, yeah you, for sure for sure you need to hear that they're good lessons in any case uh, I, I mean I, I guess it's just it's so weird to kind of couch this in with everything because like HBO Max comes free with some at subscriptions mm-hmm. Verizon had a thing. I think with Disney Plus too, at one point. So it's yeah. all like paired up and they all have dance partners. And so it's yeah. really hard to tear these numbers away from that. I guess my biggest takeaway from you saying that piece of news is that I, I think they're obviously Amazon wants to continue being part of this market share, they want yeah. to be active and involved with it. I just don't see how they they make a significant yeah breach into this market like with Netflix and For Disney sure. Plus. I don't think they're just. I don't think Amazon Prime is ever going to be in that same conversation as Netflix or
0: Disney Plus. I, I, I just I don't think and that's get the there. thing. You know what's funny about that, Brian? Because as I kind of like pull through this article to mention some other things, it's not that they don't have the money to do that either. Because oh, if you yeah. look at their like they have more than 200 million prime subscribers, the reported yeah. revenue of that 200 million people is one hundred and eight point five billion dollars made up. They money. have the ability. You could bankroll <laughs> essentially a hundred tenants, right? <laughs> Back just, and just forwards. to put it in perspective, you could bankroll a high like you could their studio at arm yeah could do so much more it's yeah. just that amazon has this weird model where it's like yeah. no 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 we don't want to turn out one quality thing we'd want right. to turn out 50 yeah watch it maybe you know what i mean yeah like they're not looking i mean and granted that's that's me again Taking a dig at someone who got 12 Oscar nominations. Um, but it's still one of those things of like you're still op- your business model is to operate in the red. Like your business model yes. is to operate at a loss. So the oh, fact yeah. that your only your subscription service has turned in 105 billion dollars is insane. You could yeah. be doing more with that. It's yep. just they're not. Like they're well, basically like it is what it is. And and the other thing to mention, and then I'll turn it back ahead. over to you. No, no, go is ahead. that. According to Google and other like analysts, this is all COVID fueled momentum, thus bringing us back to the conversation of will this as things open up in quarters three and four, right? Will we see a decline or will people stick with it? And that will be the true marker. I, I agree. And I think
1: one of the other anecdotal things here that I'll add is that I've never heard someone say, Oh, well, I got to get Amazon prime for this show. <laughs> I've never <laughs> in my life i've never heard anyone say that now obviously you could probably tweet us and be like well my mom did and, and that's fine great.
0: and the marvelous mrs Maisel is hilarious i'm yeah, sure they're right. great but i like didn't sign up for them
1: yeah I, I mean it's fine but i feel like the the whole thing of this is like oh it's a hey you wanted two-day shipping okay you can go watch daniel tiger now you know yeah. I, I just that's that's what's always do, so do your weird. your kids love
0: pete the cat well, get your shit in two days. And then you got three <laughs> seasons of Pete, the cat that they can watch. So yeah.
1: And I just, they also, I also want to say they have a Lord of the Rings show coming. That yes. is like bonkers money. Yes. And by that. I mean, it costs a lot of money to make a show like Lord of the Rings. You look at the HBO budget yeah. for game of Thrones. I mean, they were spending like, I think 80 million at one point on two episodes
0: according Um, to this i just pulled this um from the hollywood reporter amazon's the lord of the rings will cost 465 million dollars for just one season It is one season one season is going to run them (laughs) 465 million (laughs) dollars um I, i mean what do you do with that like
1: also, this is totally leading to a conversation yeah. of like Amazon. You have like you need what is happening here? You you need mm-hmm. some regulation because what is happening here? Like, that is a bonkers amount
0: of money. <laughs> the other thing that's insane about this is that okay, and we're still kind of in that Amazon prime. Yeah, it cost Amazon 250 million dollars just to get the rights to use the Tolkien property.
1: Oh my like gosh. just to
0: use call it the Lord of the Rings show um point it cost them 250 million dollars
1: man okay you know what tangent (laughs) if i'm jeff bezos (laughs) and i got i got 200 billion with a b billion dollars even after my divorce or whatever right i i I, why even (laughs) buy the lord of the rings rights just do you are the one of the richest people on the dudes like one of the richest people on the dudes one of the richest people on the planet First solve world hunger and like homelessness. And Man. then you'll probably still have enough money left over to make, make your, your own. own fantasy series. Just, yeah. just do it yourself. Like, but I just... mean,
0: yeah. But again, that's, that's Amazon. It's, yeah, we don't want to make our own. We're not in the creative business. Right. We want to give you the shit. Yeah. you know you, we know you already love <laughs> easily. So right. you're right. Like people might not sign up Brian for. The ma- marvelous Mrs. Maisel, or yeah. for Fleabag, or for other things, but they'll sure as shit sign up for Lord of the Rings. Yep. So I think that that's what they're banking on. Oh, it's going to yep. cost us, you know, 800000000 dollars oh between buying the rights and then producing the show. Just in and of itself, <laughs> we'll make that back. We'll make that back in no time. Like that's not even a yeah. billion dollars. Our prime memberships alone got us a hundred and eight of those billion dollars. So we're not even worried about it we have yeah, 90 yeah. we have 107 billion dollars left i mean
1: th- I, like i can't eat that's so ethereal to me i just can't yes. even wrap my mind around that much money just
0: laying around no like, it I makes can't. no sense you're right and if i could just really quickly one more thing before do we it. get to marvel do it maybe this motherfucker should pay his fair share of taxes just real fast like i don't <laughs> i mean the man made oh, 108 yes. billion dollars yes. really yes. Guys, nobody's like (laughs) I didn't want to make this a political statement, but really that's a shitload of money. And you don't have to pay that shit at all. Yeah. Yeah. I anyway. Yeah, pay pay your taxes, pay your fair share because we all lift together. I totally agree. Yeah. So I'm just I mean, that's just a we'll leave that right there. But Brian, we have some Marvel news to get to. Um, Do we? Brian, I will give them a rundown of the trailer. If you want to kind of spend some time talking about all of the things as we kind of piece it out. So just really quickly today out of nowhere, Marvel gave us all this like really fun little present um, (laughs) in the form of a like we're excited to go back to the movie theater with you. And in this they highlight some of their biggest it's a first off the quotes from Stan Lee are awesome oh um, man that they really have got these, me in the heart it, yeah they absolutely did so they have these stan lee quotes um overlaid of other pro like uh, basically the past 10 years leading up to Endgame, um and then the second half was really forecasting what's coming forward including things like black widow and uh Shang-Chi and uh, Eternals and other things Um, and they kind of forecasted what was coming Brian do you want to give them a rundown of all the different pieces of the things that they saw for what was coming in the future
1: yes so I'm also going to start we're just going to go in chronological order of where we are now in May 2021 and Mm -hmm. they only highlighted I think it's important to note here they only highlighted the movies here yep so I'm only going to be talking about the movies so Uh, July 9th, 2021, Black Widow will release. Mm -hmm. September 3rd, 2021, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Yep. November 5th, 2021, Eternals. Mm -hmm. And then December 17th, 2021, Spider-Man No Way Home. If you're keeping count, we have four Marvel movies coming this year. And there are seven months left yeah here eight if you count this one so
0: going
1: to 2022 march 25th 2022 is dr strange in the multiverse of madness uh may 6th 2022 is thor love and thunder july 8th 2022 is black panther wakanda forever november 11th 2022 is the marvels which is apparently the captain marvel sequel and we'll talk more about that february 17th 2023 is ant-man and the wasp quantum mania and lastly may 5th 2023 is guardians of the galaxy
0: volume three yep so that is the cut and dry list and the other thing, and I'll kind of give you a quick rundown of the TV shows that are coming, because all in all, between Kill their it. movies and their TV shows, they have 10 properties that were scheduled to release in 2021. And Brian, we have only seen two of them. We have only seen oh WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. As far as TV shows, this is what we have left to see in this year. We got Loki that's scheduled to come out here Shortly, I oh, like June. end June, end of in June, so yeah, June 11th. Yep. Sorry, so yeah, June 11th is Loki, then in uh, late 2021, so after uh, Shang-Chi, so after September, Miss Marvel is scheduled to come out. Then, after Miss Marvel, you get Eternals, and then Hawkeye is scheduled to come out, um, somewhere between Eternals and Spider-Man, far from uh, no way. Wait, Home. I'm sorry, let me stop you. We're supposed to
1: get Hawkeye this year Uh uh-huh oh my gosh that is okay i don't i i will okay i I want that 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 to happen
0: man we didn't get a marvel property in 2020 they're like (laughs) no but you got 10 different ones in the space of in this you got 10 different ones in the space of 2021 so that's all that's coming um and brian that is a lot what are maybe a couple things that you really liked from that like teaser sort of announcement trailer is there anything out of that that like really jumped out as you as like got you jacked so
1: i i'm gonna start off with the thing that grabbed my attention uh i think it's a huge deal that we got mm-hmm. a black panther title wakanda forever yep and it is really hard to Oof. take the chadwick bozeman out of that and not get a little emotional just thinking about wakanda forever yep. just the phrase and what it like it became a cultural touchstone overnight oh, for sure So uh, it's really just me feeling things, which translates really well into an audio format. Yeah, it's great. I I think that they Patreon to see Brian feel, feel things. (laughs) It's it's great. (laughs) I think the one thing I'll add here is Lupita Nyong did say that they were writing it in a way that was good for, Mm -hmm. you know, having Chadwick Boseman not be present. They think it's respectful. I think, to me this title shows that they're going to try to center it more yeah. on Wakanda right i'm just pulling this from right, for sure. the title uh-huh. but i do think the i still think the only two paths that they have available to them that i, I feel like it's going to resonate with the most people is making shuri a black panther or sure having it be this ensemble thing where Mm -hmm. everybody like it Black Panther becomes more of an ideal than a person and I like I think either of those things will resonate with people uh so that's what I wanted to lead with what about you Doug what what did you take away from this?
0: Um, there's two things that I really got genuinely excited for um the first is the Eternals um I didn't oh my gosh yes we actually got footage from the Eternals Yeah, yeah we actually got footage and it looks like a it looks like a god's hiding in plain sight style movie and i really really like those like Mm -hmm. the first percy jackson like for good or for bad i really enjoyed so if we get some version of that like in in comic book format um yeah i'm really genuinely excited about it um but yeah, that was that was something I also really like Kumail Nanjiani um, oh as a comedian, gosh. as an actor. I really yes. like him. Um, so just across the board, getting some of that Eternals information was really cool. The yeah. other thing that I liked is. I got a mm-hmm. little bit more intrigued in Black Widow than I thought, you know, <laughs> what I, mean? I have been banging that drum
1: for almost two years now. Yes,
0: I there's something about this slate of footage that felt better. And I don't okay. know what it I don't know what it is, and I don't know what it okay. could be. But I just there's something about this particular like slot of footage in this like teaser um, yeah. that we got that made me go, okay, all right. I could I'll watch I, that. I mean, <laughs> I still I'm still not sure, and I'm still hesitant. But yeah, there's something about this one that I liked better. Maybe it's because I didn't see her fly through the air and have a sword fight battle on, the, on a okay. falling plane. First off, how dare you? That sounds <laughs> rad as hell. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, sign me. You tell me that I'm buying a ticket day one to see Scarlett Johansson oh, do that. Okay. That sounds awesome. Um, But I don't know what it is like. I I mean, I'm just genuinely curious to see what they go. It also makes me really cool because they spent some really like intentional time, like highlighting Natasha's sister in that teaser trailer, which tells me that if she's she's a very key part to phase four, because otherwise you just blaze by a buyer and you move on. So I'm curious to see what they do with that.
1: I I the Black Widow enigma is something that has entertained me quite a bit. Oh, and for sure. I I am still on the train that Black Widow holds the keys to mm-hmm. what what is exactly going on in the MCU right now, especially with Falcon I, and Winter Soldier yep, and yep. Tessa who I'm sorry, She that is Madam Hydra. She might not be Madam Hydra in the MCU, but she is in the comics. She's not a good person. (laughs) She's Um, not a good person. I'm just going to put that out there. And and Black Widow has the keys to figuring out why Mm -hmm. that is. And I really feel like there's something more than to what we're seeing. Um, And maybe I'm wrong, and I'd be happy to be wrong, but it's just a feeling. It's just a gravity pulling me towards it. And I feel like we're going to know more about yeah, the future of the MCU once we see Black Widow.
0: For sure. I completely agree with that. And so I am, I'm very curious to see what they do with it. And I'm very curious to see um, what this all holds. I mean, the other thing that's really cool about like just all of the stuff that we had um, in the trailers is you got to see like a multiverse of madness, like more like close up logo that looked really, really cool. Um, <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp was Medium look, Mania looks really, really cool. Um, James Gunn got to debut the new logo for um, Guardians Volume 3 and then the other mystery at the tail end of this is when is Fantastic 4 coming? There's no release date listed it was the only one without a release date and that tells me that (laughs) <laughs> Maybe they're waiting or are they going to drop these pieces of information along the way as breadcrumbs that lead you there? Right. I'm very curious to see what they end up doing with that because that's that, – I mean the the Fantastic Four have always been called the first family of Marvel. And so it's very, very cool. to. It, it, I'm very curious to what – that they're keeping that kind of shrouded and hidden a little bit. So yeah, um, I thought that was kind of interesting as well.
1: No, I, I agree. I'm glad that they just. <laughs> I, I'm glad that they just kind of kept it as like, look, like, we're, mm-hmm. we're doing this, but we we have nothing. <laughs> just give us a minute. We have nothing to show you. you guys, <laughs> we yeah, have we nothing even, to give you.
0: We don't even. Know. Uh, I we don't so, even know where the building's gonna go.
1: Y- yeah, like I, I'm really happy to hear that. Um, so I'm happy the way that they did it. Yep, I sure. I am all over the place on Fantastic Four. I think. Mm-hmm symbolically Fantastic Four represented a lot of what was happening in the culture of that time as well in the 60s. Uh, I'm going to plug an author here, Ramsey Fawaz. Uh, Mm -hmm. I saw him speak when I was working at another uh, institution, and he wrote a book called The New Mutants, Superheroes and the Radical Imagination of American Comics, and one of his thesis is that the Fantastic Four is like the first queer family, and how... Marvel comics intentionally or not really was, they were some of the first to put into this, you know, main media sphere for public consumption of this super not normal family and that it was okay to not be normal almost more than the x-men because it was this veil of like we're the perfect family but like no there's a rock monster clearly this is not the family i know (laughs) Um, but i definitely check that book out if that sounds really cool to you Uh, there's some great stuff in there about the mutants and x-men as well and uh, there's actually a Superman in there. I, I know that's for Marcus. I'm going to advocate for him, but there's a good Superman bit in there. Um, going really back cool. more to this Marvel news, though, I, the other thing that I want to touch on here is the Marvels. So I had yes. no idea what this was. I I searched around the Internet for probably a solid 10 minutes at, to understand it was a sequel to Captain Marvel. Yeah, I, I, I that took me a bit mm-hmm. now that I understand that I think it's rad as hell. Yeah. And it sounds like it's going to be Monica Rambeau. It sounds like it's going to be Kamala Khan and Carol Danvers. Uh-huh. And I think this then would be the first Marvel property that it's all women as leads or multiple women leads for uh-huh. the franchise, which I yeah. think is something to say here. Um, yep. Obviously, we'll have Black Widow and Captain Marvel, but this would be the first group of women. And uh-huh. I think that's pretty significant and they're all coming from different backgrounds. And I think that could be really special. I, I really do. I think Brie Larson does really well in a group. I think yep. she does really well when she has these tough concepts to play with when she has other good folks to play off against. And I think mm-hmm. Taona Paris shows that she can do that. Yeah. I am not familiar with how the Kamala Khan series is coming along. So I, I can't really get Brian. Any...
0: You don't have to wait very long because <laughs> <Sure>. November <laughs> apparently like, end of this year. Yeah. We are start, we will start to get that storyline. And what yep. makes me jackety jacked about the Marvels, <laughs> it, what, what makes me like super hyped about the Marvels is we're gonna get a taste of it, yeah. Now, you know what I mean? Yep. And so, we got a little taste, um, uh, we mm-hmm. got a little taste at the end of WandaVision, so. Yep. I can only assume again, this is, this is a Doug Wagner inference. This is not, I don't have any information to back this up. I can only assume that somehow Monica Rambeau is going to show up in Miss Marvel.
1: That would be awesome. Because I mean, if it's,
0: if it's, if you're talking about a trio of people and you're going to go, okay, we have Monica Rambeau here, then we're going to get the Kamala Khan story here. We might as well just, put her heat in, in that story. So that way those two can come in and interact with, there's going to be that, that has to have a crossover. I know that I've said, I know that I've said that about other Marvel TV shows before, but that (laughs) one most certainly has to have a crossover at some point, right? Like it would be crazy (laughs) not to. Well, and it depends
1: on what exactly they go with. If they go the inhuman route, which Mm -hmm. I think most likely they will, I think that there is a lot of space here for it to be cosmic. Yes, Mm -hmm. I meant to say all of that the way I did. And I think that that could be something really special. Oh, for sure. Because the only thing we've really seen in space is Guardians, and that's fine. But I think that it's kind. I kind of get Green Lantern vibes of just this group of people who just want to help the universe. And I've always been attracted to that concept because the universe is so big. How could you ever think you could help and it's the people that have that yeah. will and desire to do that that always inspire me. Um, and so I think that could be really special. But who knows? I'm gonna say all this, and then it's like, oh no, this is Earthbound, and it's actually Prelude to Secret Invasion. Who knows? Uh, um, right. But <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> not <laughs> to mention like that. That has some casting rumors around it too. Oh my like, gosh! There's all sorts of stuff. Marvel is I... <sighs> Marvel is ripe with rumor and ripe with speculation yeah. and ripe with like. I don't know maybe like yeah. it's it's basically Kevin Feig playing like a 1950s schoolboy <laughs> where you're like Kevin did you cast and write Secret Invasion already and he's over there with one of those ridiculously large lollipops yep. going like I don't know did right I now. like, like <laughs> and it's just like cut the shit Kevin just tell me what you did because like, I'm I'm excited about it like very yeah. excited about it
1: yeah, and I and to hearken back to the conversation we had with Marcus uh on a previous episode too, like this really does feel like phase one in the dark of just we have mm-hmm. no idea where any of this is going. And it's kind yeah. of exciting. I know for other folks it's really frustrating because basically for the past three-ish years, we've known where Marvel was gonna go. We all knew mm-hmm. it was going to end game. No matter what road you took, you were going to end game. Yeah,
0: yeah. And now the it's the biggest like, story to do first.
1: Yeah. And honestly my hot take is that I don't think we're going to see a three-phased approach to that like mm. it's very possible we'll get one phase one villain and we'll move on because that's a whole lot of stuff moving but uh, I'd love to be proven wrong I'd love right. to be proven wrong but I think that to do to orchestrate all that again would take way too much and I feel like they could get the same return by sure. doing you know
0: less work essentially I think uh, the other I think the other possibility is is I think that there's some There is also potential for there to be Marvel versus Marvel in a like the Avengers are well established. But if you throw the X-Men in there, it's very possible that you have a Avengers versus X-Men scenario play out on the screen, which I would be absolutely here for. Um, and it would be really cool, but I think that that's the next logical step. Is like, okay, they can unify when the threat is to all Earth, but what if they're just bickering and working their stuff out? Like, I think there's some other things to be said there too. So,
1: and I, I definitely want to give a plug here. Uh, if you have the Marvel Unlimited app, uh, go read Avengers versus X Men. It is absolutely worth your time. In my opinion, it is probably a top three crossover event up there Mm -hmm. with Civil War. I know a lot of people don't like Civil War. But as far as a cohesive story goes, uh-huh. it is one of the better ones. Um, yeah. and then that one's, the yeah. X Men Inferno. But go, go, but yeah,
0: my top three are Civil War, Avengers versus X Men, and then I read, um, I think it was Secret Wars, the one with Doctor Doom as a god. That one was oh really good man. Too. All three of those were good.
1: Yes. And honestly, I'm also waiting for secret wars to pop up here mm-hmm. because I feel like that's really low hanging fruit to make yeah. an Avengers movie where it's just like 10 Avengers versus 10 villains, call yeah. it a day uh, and have it be a character study, almost like a black box thing. Yeah. But I, I don't, I'm getting out there uh, before we get too far away from this. One thing I do want to say is for the Eternals, now that we understand more what's happening here uh, in, in, and in other interviews, Uh, they've said that Gemma Chan is going to be the lead, essentially, if there was going to be a lead, which I think is really weird phrasing. Very weird. But they're saying that Gemma Chan is going to be the, if you had to call somebody a lead, it's her. Yeah, the protagonist. Yes. uh, For the Eternals, and I think I think that's really cool. I love her. She had a very small bit in Captain Marvel as one of the Kree and she died. Her character died. So I'm (laughs) excited that she's going to be in the MCU and it sounds like she's going to have a pretty significant role. I think she's really talented. She was also in Crazy Rich Asians, a ton of other Mm -hmm. stuff and just wanted to give a bump for that.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. That's a good note, Brian. I didn't know that. I didn't read a whole lot up on that at all. So um, yeah, just across the board, this is really exciting. I know that Y'all have listened to us geek out about (laughs) about Marvel and all the speculation. And a lot of it is, to be honest with you, a lot of what we've been talking about is where are they going, where they're speculating. But I think the exciting thing is, is that we will start to what this trailer tells me is that sooner rather than later, we're going to start to get some answers, which I think is really cool.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think, again, my money's on Black Widow. We're going to know by the end of the year. Like, oh, for sure yeah between the four marvel movies yeah. that we have we'll
0: know something yeah um, i mean the, i mean other things to keep in mind is after 2021 for tv shows because we haven't really talked about those much i just gave you the ones that are coming this year I mean, right we have got a moon Knight that's scheduled to come oh we have got a she hulk that's scheduled to come where um, is blade where I, that's the other the... thing that that i blade. have questions of is that blade just wasn't mentioned So does that mean? Does that mean that Fantastic Four is scheduled to come before Blade? Because at this point in time, you've announced Blade. Like people know who's in it, and that it's happening, but you just didn't include it. So I have, I have some questions on that end too. Of like, okay, so you just left it off. Yeah. What? Like? (laughs) Why? Like? Why did you do that? obviously
1: covid like has thrown mm-hmm. a wrench into a oh, lot of production sure. schedules but i find it very it is a very gaping missing property when oh. you're doing something like this and you have marshall ali an yeah, oscar winner right yeah so I, I just i don't have a lot of reasons to give marvel that they didn't even mention it not even like by the way you could have chunked this and been like, oh, yeah, it's coming July 2024. Everybody. You could have done what
0: you did with Fantastic Four and not put right. a date. But right. you didn't. Right. Like, that's weird. I, it, it's, <laughs> it's strange. Like I don't weird.
1: I don't like how it makes me feel. <laughs> like, it just it, yeah. it, I don't know. I don't know. He's, I, it's, he's, it's strange. He's hiding and... up in those
0: Marvel rafters like he's, he's really committed to the <laughs> vampire role. And he's sitting up there in the dark <laughs> and he's scared to come out.
1: And right. Honestly, I would love I would love for them to like pull a surprise. Like I don't know, like maybe he shows up in Loki and he's like, "I'll be around," you know, like yeah. someone's silly like that. I'd be fine with me. that. <laughs> like yeah, right, like if it's like a weird cameo, um, in like <laughs> in Black Widow, I'm, that's not gonna happen. No. But, but it'd be very funny if it something did. like that that would satisfy me just to at least uh-huh. be like, we know we know it's happening. It's it's good. Like trust us. Um, just. Mm-hmm
0: yeah anyway yeah. that's just me <laughs> yeah i i agree it does make you feel weird but it also makes me wonder like okay so are they just saying that like fantastic four doesn't have a date and they're going to announce because when's disney right. day and in, de- in like in december are they going to announce surprise not only is it written but it's casted <laughs> and it's coming in a year like are they right. is that the is that the? The Maybe. end game with this, like, Aww, of like, I'm embarrassed and upset that I even went there. No, well, I is that the it. end game with this? Of like, okay, we left Blade <laughs> off, but that's because we actually are gonna jam pack your life wow. with some Fantastic Four on there, too.
1: My infinity war of a prediction. No, that was not natural <laughs> at all. It was awful. I do think what's interesting, though, here is that we had this Disney investor meeting Day. in December. Yeah. None of this was mentioned. They were obviously waiting to see what happened with theaters. This trailer is a direct result of, of uh, clearly Disney feeling confident enough that we're going to at least have enough people vaccinated to go to theaters, that theaters are going to be
0: open. That's the end line of the, of the whole trailer is we will see you at the movies.
1: Yeah. And I definitely thought, and I will eat my hat here. I definitely thought that this would be a model moving forward where, Mm -hmm. Any Marvel movie, you'd be able to get it on Disney Plus um, for 30 bucks. It, yep. it seemed like a win-win-win uh, for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it seems that that is not the case. It is just going to be Black Widow. That's it. And then the rest are in the theaters. And so I like. I don't think I'm sad, but I understand that we're probably not going to have this model moving no. forward, even though it makes it far more accessible for people They can watch it on their own time. Mm -hmm. There's so many other pros here, but obviously the movie theaters are wanting that revenue back. And I totally understand that. It's just too bad that there wasn't a middle ground because I'll be honest, as a parent of two kids and a busy guy myself, I would have loved to just been like, yeah, I I will watch all these Marvel movies that Friday night after I put my kids down.
0: No problem. Yeah. Like, done. I mean, that was kind of our rhythm with WandaVision. Like, we would. We would Mar- Marcus would inevitably watch it during the day, and then we would both sort of watch it <laughs> at different t- like yeah at different times during the night. But then at nine o'clock, we'd hop on our group chat and just right you know t- like talk to each other about our theory. So I would have absolutely would 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 have been here for that. But I think yeah. you're right, Brian. I think this is a design to this wasn't just for fans to get them excited. This was for like AMC and Regal yep. Cinemas and others yes. to be like. We're coming back and you can see all the shit that we're going to get people excited for. So don't panic. Like it's okay. Yeah.
1: No, it's very clearly a signal to the industry and Mm -hmm. customers and the, the movie theaters that this is their goal and that's how they're going to support them. Um, So yeah, lots going
0: on with this very short trailer. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, that was kind of our news for the week, Brian, anything else that you want to mention?
1: nothing more i really want to mention uh by the time this podcast is out may the 4th will have passed uh the bad batch is a new disney plus series uh i'll probably talk about it next week the early uh the early screeners and reactions are that it is good and it feels more like the expanded universe of before disney rather than like currently um and it takes less time
0: I heard a rumor the first episode is scheduled to be like 72 minutes. Yes, it is
1: 70 minutes. The first episode is
0: 70 minutes. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I
1: mean, and it and you have to deal with like, apparently they deal with Order 66 and how they're clones. Okay. So the other feedback I've been hearing is that uh, it, it basically it takes less time to find its groove than Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels, which as a fan of rebels more than clone wars i am ecstatic because the whole first season of rebels was like we're a kids show and then they just ditched that at the end and they're like nah whatever it's a star wars yeah, we're not we're right. not a kids show
0: <laughs> and then like no, clone wars it was just this.
1: like what is this show and then that was the entire show um, i was just
0: gonna say you said that clone wars got into a groove i was like brian what season did that happen yeah. in <laughs>
1: I mean, I know I'm going to upset some people, but yeah, Clone Wars as a sh- as an entire show is a so civics lesson. It was a
0: civics lesson, but with Star Wars.
1: Yeah. I mean, basically, <laughs> it's like, they, yeah, it was like, hey, what if we talked about banking deregulation and peace negotiations and make it a kid's show? And everyone was like, you're going to what? And here's the thing. It was great for a ton of people. It's oh, not yeah, my people jam. I fucking love that. But people loved it. Um, but in any case. You're not dealing with any of that with Bad Batch. Apparently, it just kicks off. They know what they're doing, which I'm very pleased with this. As I have watched
0: many struggling Star Wars IPs, I feel IPs like, I feel like the same people who really liked Clone Wars are the same people who really like the video game Civilization. <laughs> <laughs> like, are That's you such curious?
1: Cross section.
0: Are you curious as how you can yield a a crop of wood and trade it for a <laughs> for a herd of lambs? Well, you might like season four, episode 56 of Clone Wars, where Anakin where Anakin and Ahsoka have to go to a farm on Tatooine. (laughs) Honestly,
1: pretty much. And like, I think the weird thing here is that even though it wasn't for me, it worked for an entire generation of kids. Oh, for sure. Absolutely.
0: For some people, that was their entry point.
1: It, it absolutely yeah. was. And I think one of the things that also that I have to remember as a Star Wars fan is like the way they portray Anakin and Padme is totally different than they do in the movies. And Padme <laughs> in the show, I, I will say this for Clone Wars, even though the whole as an entirety, it's not for me. The way they do Padme, they give her far more agency than the movies. Oh, they make good. her far more competent and that you actually get to see her as a negotiator. <laughs> All these things that they talk about in the movies, but you never see. Oh, for sure um and then anakin like you actually get developed but that's a whole other rant i did an instagram live about that if you that's a whole
0: that's a whole tiktok so if you don't you, follow, follow oh my brian gosh. on tiktok
1: oh the my bad gosh. batch
0: coming is going to give him some ammunition so make sure you follow brian rogue roush 115 <laughs> on tiktok
1: oh my gosh well <laughs> thank you yeah I, I promise i'm not like just looking at it i'm like oh this is all content it's all content no, yeah, you, of course not why would why would anybody do that <laughs> honestly there are some tiktokers out there i applaud you all you're live every night i can't do that that sounds exhausting i couldn't um, do it but shout out to you all but that was the only other thing i want to say bad batches premiering it's getting good reviews um and we'll
0: probably talk about it more next week for sure for sure um this is the part of the podcast where we have things to plug brian anything you'd like to plug this week the only thing i have to plug is the LoveNerds.com.
1: check them out for any recipe or crafting needs you may have
0: fantastic love me some uh love the only <laughs> thing that i have to plug for this is um is this podcast continue to watch and listen um we have some exciting things to, that are coming we are getting into yeah uh this friday marks the start of summer blockbuster season really is that first weekend Pretty in much. may is usually when movies start coming out more um and so we're I mean, there's going to be some strings there where every week we have a movie, just looking at releases and what we have to watch and so on. So um, stick with us just to break it all down. Um, and if you like, uh, if you like us, check out our Patreon page uh, for some of those video feeds and um, some other things that we have in the works as well. But Brian, we have a three-step process to success, and oh, we do. Just, I want you to kick us off with that first step, Brian. So the first step
1: read a book just read something read an article about something maybe you don't know about and if nothing else has convinced you before then you can be the person that says that fun fact at the next you know interaction you have with someone like oh hey did you know xyz reading it'll make you that person at the party
0: yeah much more exciting to talk to at a social function (laughs) which are coming back so be ready yeah um even on zoom calls you know yeah yeah The next thing I have is it was 90 degrees in Vermilion on Saturday, and I did a lot of work outside. And had I not drank in some water, I would have had a real rough day, would have had to sit down. And then the grass wouldn't have gotten mowed and the weeds wouldn't have gotten pulled and everything just would have gone south from there. Just make sure you drink some water. It's good for you. It's good for your bones. It's good for your body. It's just, you got to do it. Okay. Just start to finish. Just drink, drink at least a glass, if not more water yes. a day. The last step process to success is again, it was 90 degrees in vermilion on Saturday and I worked outside <laughs> and if I had intended on going to any social functions that day, people would have smelled me just in general. I would have had a shadow and my shadow would have had a shadow. So just you got to wash your ass. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You don't need any extra equipment. Literally a washcloth, a soap, and your hand. That's it. That's all you need to do and you need to get up in it so that way people don't smell you later. So just make sure you wash your ass. It's an important thing to do well ladies and gentlemen that has been our show thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of films in black and white we will be back next week the trio will do this again next week um and we look forward to you then in the meantime stay safe stay healthy and we will catch y'all next week